The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Pharisees, there was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone, comes from the, from, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Again, a special welcome to all of our family and guests, all the visitors here this weekend. It's wonderful to have you on campus and so fitting that we gather here in this chapel this morning. The readings are certainly giving us a lot to think about, and I dare say they might even be convicting in some cases. As I read, as I prayed over these readings, the phrase, mind the gap, came to mind. And if you've been to London or anywhere throughout the United Kingdom, mind the gap means be careful, don't fall in the crack between the sidewalk, the side, subway platform and the subway itself. But mind the gap is about to take on new meaning when we examine these particular readings. We hear of a rich man, and in the gospel he's given the name Dives in certain, certain translations, and it's not even an actual name, it's just a, a foreign word that means rich man. He doesn't even have the dignity of a name in this reading. Whereas Lazarus, the poor man, is being called by name. The rich man, as we just heard, is eating sumptuous food, he's wearing fine linen, and it's purple, which is a sign of royalty or affluence in that period of time. And interestingly, Lazarus is outside the gate. He's outside the door to this man's home, and that's very symbolic. Luke, in this gospel, portrays Dives, the rich man, as being blind. He's not necessarily mean, he's not necessarily onerous, but he's portrayed as being blind. Here's a poor man covered with sores, with dogs licking him outside his door, 
and he doesn't see that, nor, sadly, does he seem to even care. The readings today are very convicting. We're hearing from the prophet Amos in the first reading. We heard from Amos last week as well. He's an eighth century prophet. Amos, quite frankly, is a wonderful example of why prophets have no friends. Old Testament prophets have no friends. Their lives typically did not end well. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you name them, and Amos as well, no friends. They're convicted to say the truth, and they're convicted to say it whether they want to or not. They're prophesying the word of God. How could they not speak it? And here we hear Amos's uh, words in the first reading, woe to the complacent in Zion. You lie upon beds of ivory. You're stretched out comfortably on your couch. You eat lambs that were taken or stolen from other people's flocks. You drink wine out of bowls. You anoint yourselves with the best oil, and you will be the first sent into exile. No wonder Amos had no friends. He was saying words of conviction to those who had it pretty good. Last week, P.S., Amos pointed out that some of these rich people were trampling on the poor. Okay, so he said it. God gave him something to say, and he said it. And let's be honest, readings like that can even make us uncomfortable at times. We read readings like this, we hear them, and hopefully it gets us thinking. Another person who had no friends but ended up with the letters ST in front of his name nonetheless was St. John Chrysostom. And we had his feast day just a few weeks ago. And St. John Chrysostom was known for excellent preaching, but the little known fact is, is the pre people to whom he was preaching didn't always like what he had to say. He was the preacher for the imperial court in the Roman Empire in the late 300s. And they were eating sumptuous foods and they were dressed in purple and in linen. And they asked this very simple monk named John Chrysostom to come in and be their chaplain. But he does not conform to their lifestyle. He preaches the gospel. He preaches how important it is for the rich to take care of the poor. While the imperial court is eating sumptuous food, he just has one small portion. They're dressed in linen and he's dressed simply. And it wasn't done out of nastiness or malice. It was done out of a fidelity to the gospel. He was trying to live what he preached, but the people to whom he was preaching did not like what he had to say. And the empress eventually has John Chrysostom exiled because she doesn't want to hear it anymore. But in the end, because John Chrysostom was faithful, he gets the letters ST in front of his name. He spoke the word, whether convenient or not. But that's what prophets do, and that's what saints do. They they're there to convict us and get us thinking, and they're also there to inspire us and to get us to act. Dives, the rich man in the gospel, he did not act. He chose to remain blind. He did not see Lazarus, even though Lazarus was at his door or at his gate. And the gate in the gospel, the gate represents an opportunity to do something. Dives could have opened the gate and walked through it, but he did not take that opportunity. It seems that he shunned it. The opportunity to help Lazarus was a door waiting to be opened, and sadly, 
in Divey's death, the door not only is unopenable, but that opening then becomes a chasm. It becomes an abyss that is impossible to cross. He had lost his opportunity, and once he got to the other side, it was too late. Some may think that these readings are intended to demonize the rich, and they're really not. Okay, again, they're called to convict all of us, to get us all thinking. We're all rich in some way, and I dare say we're all poor in some way. These readings are intended to inspire us, I believe, to mend the gap. I made reference to mind the gap at the beginning, but really they're intended to help us to mend the gap, that chasm that exists, can exist, between those who are rich and those who are poor in our lives. In fact, at the university, I want to go on record as saying it, I love rich people. There, I just said it. I, <laughs> we have two, soon to be three, buildings named for wealthier people. And I'm grateful, we're all grateful, that they were generous to St. Francis University. Rich people can be generous. In fact, we sadly buried one of our donors this weekend, and his motto was, if you have the means, help others. And in death, stories came out about how this humble man who was very successful would help complete strangers. The story was uh, somebody's car broke down outside of his office. They were on their way someplace else. Not only did he help pay for the car repairs, but he took the poor guy out to lunch as well. And stories like that come out about people who are rich and generous with others. It's inspirational. That's what we're called to do as Christians, whether rich or poor or somewhere in between, we're called to be generous. And so it's good that we hear people like Amos, and it's good that we hear about people like St. John Chrysostom and Dorothy Day and Mother Teresa and Pope Francis who get us thinking, who inspire us so that we can act and so that we can help to mend the gap. While Jesus did say elsewhere, you will always have the poor with you, he could have continued that statement to say, you will always have the poor with you to bring out the best in you so that you can be generous, so that we can extend God's charity and mercy to those who may need it. We have the opportunity to walk through the gate of opportunity. Dives chose not to walk through it, but we can choose to walk through it and be generous to others. Jesus bridged the gap between heaven and earth. He came to earth, he generously gave his life, and he fed us and still feeds us with his body and blood so that we in turn may share that life with those around us.